You're listening to the PowerPlace Audio Podcast. For more resources or to watch a service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org. Kristen and I traveled to Detroit this week for a funeral. A dear friend of ours, Grace Kern, uh, passed away, and they asked us to come and, and uh, they asked me to come and sing because that's what I did when I was on the road. So we went, but on the, on the way there, nine hours there, nine hours back, we had a lot of time to talk and just reminisce on the, the various steps. And I began to sing a song that I wrote for our kids. Uh, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in all his ways. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in all his ways. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he he shall direct thy paths. We began to talk about the steps that we have taken, that the obedient steps that have led us to where we are today. And every step that God asks us to take was always dangerous and could have been fearful if we didn't trust him. But we began to recount the faithfulness of God as we just stepped out and listened and obeyed what he asked us to do. And we were able to step into the next phase of blessing. And sometimes that that phase of blessing took a while to come. But it was that initial step of obedience, that initial step of faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen yet. You can't see it yet. You're hoping for it. So you, you take that bold step of faith. When you, God, God loves, in fact, you can't please God if you don't have faith. He who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is and he rewards. And he never asks anything of you that's not for your benefit. That was a place for a really good amen. That was pretty pitiful. <laughs> Nothing God asks you to do is for his benefit. Not even for his church's benefit. It's for your benefit. And if you just do what he asks you to do, it changes everything. And you step into a place where you've never been before. And that's what we're doing in these 21 days of fasting and prayer. This is the last week. And I pray that you're staying strong and, and, uh, Realize fasting, 
as you fast, your senses are heightened. Your spirit man is tuning into the Father's voice. Your spirit man is tuning into the Father's heart. Your spirit man is tuning into the Father's ways. And your ears are opening up to hear his still small voice that says, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. And, and many of us are searching everyone else out to try to get their wisdom and discernment. Hey, what do you think I should do? And God's like, if you'll just quiet yourself, if you'll give me everything that you are, I'll speak to you. And he is the author of wisdom. Can somebody say amen? amen. As our ears open to his still small voice, we begin to hear him clearly. Jeff Leak said, fasting is not trying to earn an answer from God. Anything we have from God, we get because of his goodness and graciousness. Besides, not eating, of, eating for a meal or even a few days is not really that impressive an accomplishment. Much of the world goes without food for most of their week. And that's truth. He said, fasting is about tuning your spiritual ears to hear. It's about denying your flesh so that the spirit within you, the Holy Spirit, can become louder and more pronounced in your moment-by-moment -moment walk with God. Therefore, we should expect to hear things from God during our time of fasting and prayer. So tune your ear in and continue to starve your flesh. Tell your flesh what to do. Don't let your flesh tell you what to do. Paul said, I buffet my body, so I'm telling my body what to do. I'm not letting my body dictate for me what I need to do. I'm telling my body, no, you're not eating right now. You can't have every part of me. I'm giving myself completely and totally to Jesus. And through fasting and prayer, we're getting stronger. Say, so, well, I feel weak. I know, but your spirit man's growing. Your spirit man is growing and becoming stronger moment by moment, day by day. Amen. Amen. So last Sunday, we, we prayed for little Noah, and he passed away that evening. And God chose to heal him. God chooses to heal people sometimes on this earth, other times in heaven. Because for a believer, absent from the body is present with the Lord. Present with the Lord, there's no sickness, no disease, no, no limitations. There are no tears, there's no sorrow. And so little Noah is healthy and whole today in the presence of Jesus. And I will uh, do his funeral tomorrow. And we don't understand everything, but we trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge him and know that he will direct our paths. Uh, my my brother-in-law, Mark, his dad passed away on Thursday, just slumped over in his chair and went to heaven. That's the way I'd love to go. I, I, if I put a request in for that. I don't know if that will happen, but... Uh, 
I like that way. My mom, on the other hand, is still struggling day by day. I'm barely able to function. And I don't understand the, 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 the suffering that she goes through. And so we stand with this tension, knowing that God can and he will, but even if he doesn't, we still love him. My God is able and he will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, it doesn't shake my faith. And I pray that you get to that point in your life, in your spiritual growth. The wise man said, going to funerals is better than going to parties. Ecclesiastes 7.2, better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone, say that with me, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. I must say I'm in funeral mode right now and, and sitting at Grace Kern Funeral, I, uh, she was a godly woman and God used her in mighty ways. And our perspective is she could have done so much more here and yet God has a bigger plan. And just sitting there was a reminder that I got a job to do and I'm not sure how many days left I've got. So I need to get busy at the master's business. And so do you. And when you attend a funeral, it gives you perspective. Because no, someday that will be you lying in the casket. And um, what are you doing about that moment now? Because you will face your maker some point in your life. It's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. All of us have an appointment. We don't know when it is. But when we face our master, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Rather than depart from me, I don't know you. And I know you want the same as well. Amen. I don't know if you know this or not, but the adult version of head and shoulders, knees and toes, wallet, glasses, keys and phone, keys and phone, keys and phone, wallet, glasses, keys. Okay. You know. As Chrissy walks around the room with her glasses on her head, she says, where are my glasses? I can't find my glasses. I'm like, Check the top of your head. You know you've grown up when a nap no longer feels like a punishment but a reward. Amen. Well, I'm almost out of time. Good. Haven't gotten started yet. Last week we talked about our theme for 2022 is make room. Somebody say, make room. make room. It's time to create space.
and, and when we moved from the, the basement of the American Legion building to this space here and, and thought of the possibilities and there were no, not very many walls in here. We built most of these walls. Um, I say we built, I didn't actually physically build the walls, but we had a team that were pretty incredible. And, um, God gave us some scriptures, and I talked about that last week, Genesis 26, 22. And he moved from there, dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. We shall be fruitful in the land. I wrote that scripture over here in the cafe wall uh, the day that we put some scripture on the walls before we remodeled and painted and I believe the Lord placed us here in a, in a spacious place. And we've been able to expand even here in this space. And God has allowed us to not have to quarrel with any of our neighbors, not have to quarrel. We, we haven't had a quarrel since we moved in here. I mean, it used to be a weekly thing. We'd hear from the borough. We'd hear from some of the... the uh, business people and, and they would, you know, we, they even put a cease and desist order on our door one time. And I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. Um, and, and they, they quarreled about us using all the parking. And then the Wednesday night we had a couple hundred youth that would flood the parking area down there and skateboard. And, and we just, Time and time again, oh, oh, you guys, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the Lord brought us here to this spacious place, Rehoboth. And he's made room for us. We have been fruitful in the land he's placed us in. Another scripture he gave me, 2 Samuel 7, verse 10, I will provide a place for my people Israel. As I was reading my one-year Bible, this scripture just jumped off the page of me. I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning, have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. And we've stood on these, these pillars of the word of God that, that he has planted in our hearts and then Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1, I read this last week. Sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth, he is called. Hallelujah. I, w I was uh, in the bathroom here at the church. Yeah, I was on the throne. 
And can anybody just say thank you to Brittany Grandizio for the graphic stuff she puts up all over the church? She just, she's killing it. Brittany, where are you? Yeah, hiding over here. Yeah, amazing. Uh, what a gift. But as I was uh, just looking at the, the, uh, the scripture there that she made for Make Room, it said, enlarge the place. Enlarge the place. And that just jumped out at me. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place where you want to dwell. I'm telling you, it hit my spirit. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. So where do you want to dwell? That's what you enlarge. I want to dwell in his presence more than anywhere else. I want to be so near him that I'm going to enlarge my capacity in that area. I'm going to stretch myself in that habitation. I want that area of my life to be the largest. As Isaiah said, this is going to be a miraculous thing. A barren one who has more kids than the one who isn't barren. This is a God thing. Make room. Make room. Make room for the miraculous intervention of God. Praise him. Sing. Cry aloud before it happens. Sing, O barren one. Sing. You're not, you don't have kids yet. Go ahead and sing. Go ahead and praise him. Break forth into singing. Because it's coming. It's coming. Prepare for the miracle ahead of time. Go ahead and praise him for your miracle before you see it take place. Cry aloud before it happens. Get ready. Make room. Make room. Enlarge the place of your tent. You need more space for what's coming. You don't know it yet, but this prophetic word comes, go ahead and prepare ahead of time. Don't hold back. Stretch out your curtains. Stretch out the walls of your habitation. Lengthen and strengthen. Your cords need to be longer. Your stakes need to be stronger. Why? Because of what's coming. You're going to need more room, so make room. You're going to need longer cords and stakes to hold the increase, the expansion that God's bringing. And I said it last week, my place is simply to obey the Lord, to do what he asked me to do. And his place is to bring me what I need when I'm ready for it, when I've got it prepared. So if the Lord's telling you to do something, he's setting you up. I'm serious. If the Lord is speaking to you about something, he's setting you up. You can't see it yet, but it's coming. So get ready, make room through deliberate obedience to his voice. Remember, obedience is never a waste. It's an investment in the future you can't yet see. I'm not sure what I would have done had I seen ahead of time what we're in now. I don't think I was ready for it. I, but through deliberate steps of obedience, one step at a time, 
And you'll look back in your life as well, one step at a time of obedience, you'll find yourself looking back and saying, wow, how did I ever get here? Oh, yeah. It was just yes, 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 yes. Okay, I will. Yes. And through steps, deliberate steps of obedience, you find yourself in a place you never dreamed you'd be. Praise God. Praise God. And then the prayer of Jabez. Jabez stuck out. He was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, said, because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me. You would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. You may have had pain in your life. You may have been a pain. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a pain. Some of you need that more than others. Jabez recognized who he was and what he was, and he said, Lord, I need more of you. Enlarge my territory. Bless me indeed. And God granted his request. Don't let me be a pain. Don't let me be a pain to anybody else. And God granted him what he asked. So it's time to make room for the weighty presence of God. I said, it's time to make room for the weighty presence of God. We want to host the Holy Spirit more than anything else here at the Power Place. We like you, but we like him more. We appreciate you being here, but if you never showed up, we would still host his presence. Because he is what we're all about. And I remember when, uh, when almost everyone else was waffling about coming back together and worship in 2020. We took, we took nine, I think nine or ten weeks in my house. And I look back on that and say, man, I wish we wouldn't have done that. But then I realized that the Lord used that time for us to expand our outreach online. And to uh, plant something in us that, that was vital for what was to come. And so I don't regret that. I just, I kind of regret that we stayed away longer, than, as, as long as we did. But we came back and we decided we're going to meet again. And we're going to make room for his presence and his miraculous provision and realizing that if we will just host his presence, we're going to make room for the Lord no matter what it looks like, no matter what anybody else thinks. Nobody's going to shut us down. And if nobody comes, we'll be here with God because we are centered on hosting his presence. We're centered on making room for the Holy Spirit. That's our goal, and we don't want to offend him. I've offended a lot of people, but I don't want to offend him. And if you get upset at me, great. There's, there's plenty of other places you can go watch online. Right. 
But if you want to see your life radically changed in 2022, then start now to begin to make room for him. Move everything else out that would crowd him out. Move everything else that would, would crowd his presence out of your life. Make room for his miraculous provision in your life. So what does that look like? Well, it means taking steps of faith. Not having to figure everything out first. But listening to the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And if he says do it, go ahead and do it. Even though it may not make sense yet. Uh, Christy and I, we got a new car. And... We ordered it because we wanted exactly what we wanted. So, well, Pastor, that's, that's a little excessive, isn't it? Yeah, not really. Because when you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. Some of you know this, many of you don't. Um, eight and a half years ago, God spoke to someone in our church and said, give Pastor Greg and Christy a brand new car. And we had just bought a brand new van. It was Christie's. It's what she wanted, and we bought it. And we were making payments. And this gift came out of nowhere. And it was a blessing beyond what I could tell you. For eight and a half years, we put 169000 I think, on the car. And didn't have a car payment. And we're able to... I told the Lord when, when the, the offer came, I said, Lord, I don't want a new car. I don't, I don't want more payments. I don't want more stuff. And... And all I, want to do, all, all I want is to be out of debt. And he said, sell your van. Like, well, we just, we just bought it. He said, sell it. We were able to sell the van for exactly what we owed on it. And that payment began to bless us every month as we drove a brand new car with no expenses. No expenses. Free oil change. Free maintenance. Free tires. So how's that happen? The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord and he delights. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Why am I telling you this? I'm not sure. <laughs> we were able to give that car away and bless somebody else. 
And uh, today, so uh, uh, here's where I was going, I think. So when it was time to get the new car, uh, we had to make some room in our garage because it was a little bit bigger. And in order to pull it in, we had to clean out a bunch of stuff. And some of us, we can't, like I said last week, you've got to let go what's in your hand in order to receive what God has for you in his hand. And so Christian and I looked at each other and said, we got to make some room. And we didn't say those exact words, but we, we said, we got we to clear this place out. And for some of us, we're not willing to clear out in order to fit in what God has for us. And so we, we stay with the junk, with the clutter, with the stuff. We, we found stuff in that garage that we put there 18 years ago when we moved in. <laughs> Hadn't touched it for 18 years. There were mice in there. They'd eaten some of the stuff. It, it was disgusting. And we looked at each other and said, why do we keep this? Why do we keep this? And as we made room and cleared things out, the day that they called and said, your car's here, we were able to pull right into the garage. Plenty of room. Nothing hindering the new blessing that God had for us. Somebody needs to hear that today. Okay, I'm ready to preach. Are you still with me today? Second Kings chapter four, verse one. And I'll, I'll try to be brief. Maybe. you have to go just back out I won't think you're coming in Gabe you're walking forward there you go <laughs> Second Kings 4 verse 1 the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha your servant my husband is dead and you know that he revered the Lord but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Look at your neighbor and say, what do you have in your house? Because many times the miracle that you need is in your house. You just haven't recognized it yet. You haven't turned it over to the Lord yet. But you have everything you need for the miraculous provision of God. Some of you have skill sets that you've not yet tapped into. They've been laid on the shelf and you've thought, well, someday, someday, someday. And, and God is saying, what's in your house? What do you already have? 
and this is her reply. Your servant has nothing there at all. Is that really true? And, and many of us look at our life and we go, I got nothing. Really, you, you want, I got nothing. I got nothing here at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Get crazy. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. And she said, nah, that sounds ridiculous. I'm not doing that. And that's what many of us would say. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I'm not doing what you say because I don't like the instructions. And like I said last Sunday at the end of my message, many of us miss out on our miracle because we don't like the instructions. You want me to do what? No, I'm not doing that. And because of that, because of that disobedience, because of that rebellious spirit that says, I'm not going to do what you asked me to do. It sounds, it sounds too far-fetched. We miss out on what God has for us because we don't like the instructions. You want me to speak in other tongues? I don't like that. That's weird. Okay, you won't. You'll miss out on an extra level that God wants to take you to. You want me to pray for what? I'm not doing that. That sounds weird. They'll think I'm weird. They'll think. Who cares what they think? I said your, your job is simply to obey him. His job is to bring you what you need when you're ready for it. Verse five says, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. She did exactly what he said. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. What'd she have? Nothing. I got nothing except small little jar of oil. She brought the jar, he, they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. I've made room for this much. That's as far as it will go. What you make room for, God will fill with the miraculous. And the oil stopped flowing when every space it could flow was filled. I could talk about a lot of things, but I'm going to talk about money real quick. Not in my notes. But some of us are not willing to do what God asks us to do. We're just simply disobedient. I'm not going to tithe. That's, that's, that's a lot of money. 
I'm not going to give an offering. Why would I give an offering above the tithe? I tithe. That's enough. That's that's. And so you stymie your blessing. I got one jar here. Go ahead and fill it up, God. That's all you get. Because that's all you've made room for. I remember when, when we would give $100, God would prompt us to give 100 It was like, oh, wow. I don't think we can afford that. And yet we'd obey. Then I remember the day he prompted us to give a thousand. Like, <laughs> oh, are you serious? And then it just kept growing. And then he said, give 10,000. Hey, hey, now, you know, you know how much we make, you know, you know, you know what this is going to, you know, and he did know, and yet we were making room for what he wanted to bring our way. And again, I'll tell you from experience, God never asks you to do anything that's not for your own benefit. I could go on, but I... There's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. We're talking a lot of oil here. Go pay all your debts and then you can live on the rest. You can live on what's left. That's the miraculous provision of God. That's what happens when you give God. You give him the space. You make room for him. Say, well, if if I bring... 10% 10% back to God, I only have 90%. And what God can do with the 90 is supernaturally more than what you could do with the 100 or 200 or whatever. Go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well to do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put it in a a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Let's make a small room for him. Let's make some room because we want to host him when he wants to come. 
We want him to be comfortable here. We want him to like this so much he wants to come and stay. Because when he comes and stays here, we get the fruit of the blessing that's on his life. Let's make a small room for him. Verse 11, one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. Because there was room for Elisha, he came and stayed and laid down. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you've gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her, Elisha asked. Gehazi said she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son just as Elisha had told her. Because she made room for the prophet. He felt comfortable coming and sticking around. And as he stuck around, there was a blessing that flowed from his life, from his anointing to her. She didn't ask for it. She wasn't looking for it. But God said, I'm going to bless her because she's made room for the man of God. I don't know what God's got up his sleeve for you. I don't even know what your, your dreams are way back in the back of your mind. But I know a God. If you'll make room for him, he'll do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or imagine. He'll go way beyond your wildest dreams. woman became pregnant the next year about that same time. She gave birth to a son just as Elijah had told her. The child grew. One day he went out to his father who was with the reapers and he said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon and then he died. This gift from God died. She went up, laid him on the bed of the man of God, the place that she had made room. She shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. Now you got to know, the child's dead. But her statement of faith 
everything is all right. Everything's just fine. When Christy had the tongue cancer, she was looking for a word from God. Surgery was being scheduled. We're talking about chemo and radiation and and all the things that come with that. And one morning, in her Bible reading, I, I think this just jumped off the page at you. And she said, "Everything's all right." It was a statement of faith. Is a statement that that lodged in Christie's spirit. And though she has had half of her tongue cut out, the devil tried to silence her. Seriously, the devil tried to silence her. Get her to shut up. Get her to be intimidated. She's louder than ever. Stronger than ever. More dangerous than ever. She always says they took her arm, put it in her mouth. Now she's armed and dangerous. But we stood on that, that word. Everything is all right. Yeah, the kid's dead, but everything's all right. God's got this. He's all about me. Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord, she said. Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak in your belt, take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. If anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. The child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. There's some things that you can only do by yourself and God. Nobody else needs to be a part of it, just you and God. He shut the door on the two of them, prayed, prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on the boy, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Where did it all start? Let's make room. 
let's make room so when the man of God comes by, he's comfortable here and wants to stick around. I'm telling you today, if you'll make room for God, where he will be comfortable in your temple, he'll want to stick around. And when he sticks around, the blessing and the anointing that he has I was reading my one-year one Bible this, this week, and I hope you're reading with me. Matthew chapter 9, verse 26. A little girl was raised from the dead, and, and it says in verse 26, the report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. I'm telling you, that's what God's getting ready to do in many of our lives. A miracle that when the testimony is shared, when the report goes out, it's going to spread like wildfire through the entire countryside. And people are going to hear and know this, this miracle that, that God is doing in Jill is spreading through the entire countryside, Kevin. God is using you to spread the news all over. People that, that we can't touch, God is using Jill to touch. Using Kevin's faith and Kevin's voice, he is testifying every single day of the goodness of God, of the miracles that God is doing. And the report of that is spreading. Get ready. Make room. Rebecca Weldon shared with us that the Lord began to deal with her and Chad to make a space for him in their bedroom, a deliberate space where they could meet with him and make room for him. And then she heard our theme for the year and she was so excited to know that God is aligning all of us. And when we're aligned and united, God commands his blessing there. You know that, right? Yeah. Psalm 133, listen to this. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head that anointing oil, it's like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edge of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forever. Notice that the oil runs down. It starts at the head and runs down, down, down. And as we all place ourselves under the headship and lordship of Jesus Christ, and you align yourself with what God is speaking to us, that, that anointing that is on this house as we're under the anointing of Jesus, listening to his voice, that anointing flows on us and down to everyone else that is under us. And there's, there's a blessing that is commanded there by God. God commands his blessing to those who are united, those who are under the anointing, 
that flows down. The anointing always flows down. I've been around long enough to watch many people walk away from unity in the body. They've decided their agenda is better. And they've walked away from the unity that God has placed in this house to their own detriment. It's a fearful thing to come out from under the covering of anointed leadership. You say, well, are you the the anointed one? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm listening to Jesus. If you'll come under the ones who are listening to Jesus, that anointing flows down and there's a blessing there. I've talked to many of you and since you've aligned yourself with the vision of this church, with the anointing of this house, you found your family, your life come to a whole nother level. Your business, it Talking to someone this week, I'm working half the time for double the money. How does that work? Well, it's called coming under the unity anointing. So I want to do my own thing. Go ahead. If you remove yourself, it will be to your detriment. I know people that have removed themselves and they found themselves coming back saying, man, wow, I, I, I got to get back in. Because there's a blessing that is commanded here. Because this house is in unity. There's no division here. There's no division. There's no two visions. There's one vision. And God commands his blessing there. And as we each make room for him, we invite his miraculous power that only he can bring. So what do you need to do Deliberately. I can't answer that for you, but you, you have a good idea. There's some things you need to get out of. Some things you need to clean out. There's some space that needs to be made for what God has for you. There's a, a, a cleaning process. There's, there's a, a, a rearranging. There's some prioritizing that needs to take place in order for God to bring you what he has for you. If you'll simply do what he asks you to do, you'll find amazing blessing and favor. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't know what God's asking you to do, but I do know if you'll just say yes. There's a blessing attached to that. All over this room, if you just want to say yes to him, lift your hands. Lift your hands toward heaven. This is my yes, Lord. Those of you watching online, if you want to say yes to him, lift your hands wherever you are. This is my yes, Lord. This is my yes, Lord. This is my yes. This is my yes, Lord. With my finances, with my life, with my business, with my job, my employment, with my marriage. This is my yes. With my children, this is my yes, Lord. Whatever you ask, saying yes. This is my yes, Lord. With my career, this is my yes. This is my yes with my eating choices. I just want to say yes to you. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I say yes, Lord. Not holding anything back. I say yes, Lord. This is my yes. Lord, this is my yes. This is my yes. Let him deal with you. Let him deal with you. Let him deal with your spirit. Let him pinpoint, let him pinpoint what you need to deal with, what you need to bring, the, the, the space you need to make, the room you need to clear out. Bring your vessels, not a few. 
Get as many as you can. Make room. Pull the excess stuff off your shelf of your life. Make room. over here, Courtney, uh, she was my nurse when I had my heart attack. Thank you again for your excellent care. And it just reminded me that back in 2013, the doctor told me, this is called the Widowmaker, you shouldn't be here, you should be dead. We should be having your funeral and not this conversation. I said, apparently the Lord has something more for me to do. How many of you know you're indestructible until it's your time to go? You are. You are. Because you've been placed here for a specific reason. And if God's not done with you yet, you're indestructible. Well, you may have a lot of scars and, and stuff, but you're still breathing for a reason. And I remember all the diagnosis of the doctors and this is what's gotta happen. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. This has gotta change, your diet's gotta change. Taco Bell, you can't eat that all the time now. Like really, Taco Bell? And I could have looked at everybody and go, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'd rather die. No. I got some living to do. And God's placed me here for a reason. So I had to change some things. I had to make room for a new lifestyle. I had, I had to cut some things out. I had to add some things. And God's doing that in your heart and life as well, if you'll just say yes. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today's your day to say yes to Jesus. You're not promised tomorrow. Our friend Grace she got the diagnosis. She was gone in a few weeks. You don't know. My brother-in-law's dad. Just like that. Gone. Praise God, he was a godly man. Loved Jesus. Loved, loved the Lord with all his heart. But in a 
blink of an eye, it was over. And now he stands face to face with the creator of the universe. And you'll be there one day and you wanna hear him say, come on in, I know who you are. Not because you've made some kind of deal. There's only one way in and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. There's no other way than Jesus Christ. And if you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is your day, and I want to meet you right here in the front of this auditorium. Thanks for listening to the PowerPlace audio podcast. For more resources or to watch a service online, visit us at www.thepowerplace.org.